0: Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is Shortstop Junior Rowe with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec
1: Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champions second baseman Albert Cartwright, all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9
0: profiling players careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante.
2: Seb high and deep to right, and that's out of here. Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ball game. Mastroberti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ball game. Wilson, the one, two, big cut, and he struck him out. Wilson, back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one.
0: And your co-host.
2: Chambers flying into third with a triple.
0: Chambers is back. He looks up, and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second
2: base, and he
0: got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team! What a ride! The Cardinals are world champs in 2011.
2: Welcome to the very special episode 42 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. I'm your host, Diamond Dante, Adron Chambers, dull running a little bit late. He'll join us for our second segment when we bring on Michael Masterberti and then followed uh, by Mike Monfil. He, uh, Adron, uh, will step out for that. But of course, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Like always, you can follow myself on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante. Or you can check out any past episodes or this current episode if you're listening on radio uh, at Diamond Dante Audio or on our iTunes account. Yes, we are now on iTunes. You can check us out on iTunes. Any past episodes, any episodes that you're looking forward to seeing, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and type in just Around the Diamond in the search bar on the podcast app or on your phone or on your Apple uh, Mac. Or you can search us up on Google, Around the Diamond, on iTunes. Of course, uh, on Twitter, I do talk a little bit about local baseball and the Ottawa champions. Uh, But of course, uh, after the Christmas break, of course, the next Around the Diamond episode, because this is New Year's Eve, will be in 2017. So we're looking forward to see some more moves from the Ottawa champions. Uh, But of course, um, a big signing this past week, of course, earlier this week, the... Uh, Cleveland Indians go out and sign Edwin Encarnacion from the Toronto Blue Jays, and they give him a very solid three years, $60 million. Now, that's $20 million per season. Now, of course, if you look back at the offer that the Jays gave Edwin Encarnacion, they gave Encarnacion, I believe it was four years and eight. 80 million, So that's a lot more. He didn't get the term that he wanted. Mike Nellis talked about it on episode 42 weeks ago that his agent failed. Encarnacion eventually went over to the Indians. But I want to give Oakland a lot of credit. They went after you know, a low-budget team. They went after Edwin, and they changed the market. They got the Cleveland Indians to bring up the price, of course. And I mean, if you look at the side from the Cleveland Indians, I mean, if, even if you look at it this way, Edwin Encarnacion goes over to the Indians and Mark Shapiro comes over to the Blue Jays a year earlier. It's almost a little trade uh, right there, if you could put it that way. But you know what? The Indians um, are going to have a really good team. Unfortunately, they couldn't sign Mike Napoli, but I think going with Encarnacion is a better route uh, than Mike Napoli, although, you know, Carlos Santana is going to have to move from DH to first base. Uh, Michael Brantley is going to be back for a full season. The pitching staff is going to be there. The bullpen is going to be there with a full season of Andrew Miller. You have Incarnacion in the middle of that lineup with a, a very balanced lineup. You know, Lonnie Chisinau, a left-handed bat. Oh, um, sorry, um, Ramirez, the third baseman. Jose Ramirez is a switch hitter. He hits behind Edwin. You have Francisco Lindor, the shortstop, an excellent defender, who's going to hit third and is a switch hitter. Jason Kipnis is a left-handed bat. Carlos Santana... Not the fastest guy, but is leading off, and he's going to uh, be—he's a—he's also a switch hitter. And you look right down that line at Michael Brantley, a left-handed bat. They have guys, and by adding a power bat like Edwin from the right side, is going to apply more pressure on not only other teams' bullpens, but uh, on just early in the game on starters because they can't pitch around anyone. You know, they can't say, you know what, I'm going to walk Edwin and face the lefty. No, because you got Michael Brantley, who's just as good as it. Well, maybe not just as good, but hits for a higher average. Uh, than the rest, so uh, I look forward to seeing Edwin in a, in a Cleveland Indians un- uniform. There's no hard feelings, of course. Edwin Encarnacion, my favorite player on the Toronto Blue Jays, and was my favorite player since 2011, when he hit 17 home runs the second half of the season and really broke out uh, in that year. And I was, I was, I've always been a, an Edwin fan. You know, a guy who couldn't really play through third base that much, hit fifth uh, for his early part of the Jays career, but a guy who was very quiet, kept of his business, but was always. Uh, coming through in, in the right situations, and you know what? For Toronto fans and Blue Jays fans across the country, they can say, you know what? Edwin did a lot for this team and did a lot for the Blue Jays, and you have to respect that because when it comes down to it, that's what you need. You know, these guys aren't going to stay, and he will go down as one of the most uh, prolific power hitters in Blue Jays history. Of course, you have George Bell, Carlos Delgado, um, even Paul Molitor for a short amount of time uh, back a long time ago. I even forgot Joe Carter. Uh, which is um, kind of silly there. But anyways, I mean, Bautista and Edwin will go down. If they don't sign, if, uh, sorry, if Bautista doesn't sign and Edwin's gone, of course, like signing with the Indians, people are going to remember him as one of the better players uh, to come through the Blue Jays systems. But we're going to take a, uh, also Josh Donaldson, even Tulowitzki or two other guys that uh, you have to mention as well. But going to the Blue Jays lineup really quickly with the loss of international they replace him with Morales, a guy who, uh, is a switch hitter and can definitely put some versatility that way. But you know what? I like this the the signing for the Indians, and I think the Blue Jays will be just fine because now Tulowitzki can move into third or fourth in the order. Donaldson could uh, could do the rest. So I do think the Blue Jays will add another bat. But coming up next, Michael Mastroberti will join us from the Ottawa Champions, currently living in New Jersey, finishing up his degree. You're gonna to want to stay tuned for that. That's coming up next. Michael Masterberti will talk about his career, followed by Mike Montville on Around the Diamond on CKDJ one zero seven nine. This
3: is Mike Masterberti from the Ottawa Champions. Listening to Around the
2: Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to the New Year's Eve edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. I am your host Diamond Dante. Alongside me to my right is a former World Series champion Adron Chambers.
1: What's
2: up? Here with us on Around the Diamond, um, episode 42 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Can't believe it's still been. Uh, 42 episodes and this one's going to be a good one we're starting off the show uh, as we mentioned before uh, with a little New Jersey content over here joining us over the phone is Michael Mastroberti uh, the Ottawa champion shortstop from last season Uh, utility guy of course Michael you had also played a lot of positions Uh, right field left field shortstop second base third base you've done it all Michael welcome to the show and thanks for coming on hey thanks for
3: having me on again man I appreciate it AD hope you're doing well
1: yeah man yeah hey Appreciate you having, uh, coming on, I'm sorry, and making the show so beautiful, man. Like you said, it's the 40 what? 42nd. Oh, man. New Year's? New Year's, baby. Oh, man. How about that, though? Hey, check. I'm just you happy, to, it, man. I'm just happy to be it. a part of this, man. We're taking our time, you know. Hopefully, we'll be at, you know, number 5,000 someday. But right now, we're <laughs> on 42. Uh, who is that? Jackie Robinson? Yeah. 42? I oh, say, it's a good number right there. Exactly. That's a beautiful number. Yeah, time. why don't you ask Jackie Robinson to come on? His number is his number is retired, but yeah. Matter you seen that movie? No, I never seen it. You never. You should see Forty Two. Yeah, I know. I know. it's Yeah, but at the same time, you might learn something. You know.
2: So joining us over the phone is Michael Master Attended Southern New Hampshire University and played his rookie season with the Ottawa Champions. Uh, going back to last season, Michael, you had won a championship with Southern New Hampshire. So you're talking about uh, in terms of your career, you went. And had two dog piles in one season, which it has to be nice. So, what can you tell us about your time with Southern, Southern New Hampshire University and, and your time there, and what you learned? Oh,
3: man, I learned I learned a whole bunch of stuff, man. I learned how to grow up, learn how to be a man, and I learned how to win when I was at SNU. Um That's what the entire program is based on. It's based on winning and do whatever you can to win day in and day out, whether it be in the weight room or in practice. And uh, you know, I learned what you do off the field really does carry over on the field. And uh, when you're winning off the field, and whatever you're doing, you know, it carries over. And when you're on the field, doing the winning, you know, more times than not. So we actually just got our uh, our championship rings yesterday. Look so, at that. Uh, looking forward to getting my, uh, my auto champions ring as well.
2: How are you going to fit two rings on 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 your on your hand, man? You got ten fingers, man. That's how. I it. don't know.
3: I'm going to make it work, though. I know that.
2: But you know what? I mean, I guess we can't really say that, Michael, because Adron's still able to fill fit all those rings on his hand.
1: Hey, check me out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Hey. Takes practice, man. This all you the only this is what you gotta do. We, we used to have I used to play with the Motor Grove Eagles. Shout out to the Motor Grove Eagles back in Pensacola, Florida. Since my boy Doug Baldwin for the Seahawks want sh- to shout. That's your out. boy. Yeah, he want to shout your out. Your boy. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I should say I should say I say he's my boy because he's a hometown guy. He's a little younger than me, but you know what I'm saying. He's still doing his thing. He shout out you know Salvation Army. The Salvation Army Youth uh, League uh, on its cleats. I don't know if y'all seen that. Was it last Sa- Sunday? I never seen it. Sunday Night Football. Or maybe it was Thursday. But anyway, he did a shot. But I played with the Morgo Eagles, and we won so many championships, dog, that we had to make, like, this shirt that said that had our rings on it. And it said, uh, we can't hold all these rings. You know, we're going to need another hand. So <laughs> the key is just, you know, keep getting rings until you can't, you know, feel your hands no more.
2: Yeah, man. There's there's a lot of guys out there that can that definitely don't have a lot of room, but um Michael hey, Master's
3: got Jeter's got five
2: rings. Exactly. Michael Masterberty here if us on around the diamond played with the Ottawa Champions last year as a utility player, also played a little bit of shortstop down the stretch as a, that's your main position. So at Southern New Hampshire, did you learn anything there about playing shortstop at all? Or was it just, you know, moving around the diamond your whole career? And did you have played the outfield there to, when you came over to the Can Am League, or did Hal Lanier say, Yeah, you're playing right field?
3: So my first day with the, with the champions, I came in. I, I played second base my entire college career. Right. And then shortstop, shortstop was summer ball. Our shortstop actually it's Snoo he's an, he's an unbelievable player. Manny Cruz, he was like a 23rd round <laughs> draft pick by the Reds this past year. He's a great player. So, um, you know, he was the better shortstop. So he played short. I moved to second. Um, but my first day in Ottawa, uh, Hal asked me if I could play outfield. And I said yes, even though uh, I've never played outfield before <laughs> in my life. And uh, Ryan, uh, Brian Van Kirk got tossed out of a game. I remember arguing. that. Yeah. And I got thrown in there as a defensive replacement because there was nobody else on the bench. And uh, that was my first professional appearance. And it was in the outfield. And I, it was my first time in my entire life, including Little League, that I'd ever played outfield in my life.
1: That's what's up, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, and, and and tell you the truth, that's how I learned how to swim. What? I just My brother just threw me in the water.
2: Oh, right there.
1: And I learned how to, and it became. a swim,
2: baby.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, That's what's up. Like this is the thing. I bet you, you became a better outfielder.
3: No question about <laughs> it. Well, watching you, watching you and Seb work made me way, way better.
1: Oh, oh most definitely. You know what I'm saying? It's just that yeah. it's that it's that thing about getting that feel on your own. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to, to tell a coach, "Hey, coach, if whenever, hey, put me in, coach, I'm ready to play." You know, a lot of people say that. But until Michael was ready, but exactly until you get put in that situation, man, look here. This way, way wait till that time come when you're going to be in a World Series game three at second base, shortstop, third base, or maybe the outfield. And you just got to That's reality hitting you right there. For real. Yeah, man.
3: But think or swim. Play or don't play. Exactly.
1: What you going to do, sink? No, no one's going to sing. I ain't singing.
2: Michael Masterberti here with us on Around the Diamond talking about his uh, his career, uh, not only in college, but uh, in professional baseball for the Ottawa Champions last season. Now, Michael, um, you're sticking with your college career, you you had managed, as you mentioned, to play second base, but you could also play a little bit of shortstop. So with Cruz getting drafted by the Reds, did you feel that you had a strong chance to get drafted as well?
3: Uh you know I, the, the draft is a it's a very difficult very complicated you know just the way it works and stuff like that there's really no way to, to predict it i'm sure ad could attest to that as well i mean i knew i was i was good enough in the most humble way possible but i knew uh me being 23 years old me having two shoulder surgeries it was going to be tough so uh i mean i've seen manning a draft it was the coolest thing ever i played with that kid for three years watched him get better every day and uh that was that was a thrill for me i didn't even get picked so i mean it was you know you root, you root for your teammates obviously you root for your brothers to, to succeed and uh i still you know i'm still playing professional baseball just at a, at a different level
1: yeah hey check we had that we had that conversation uh before didn't we? i mean you told me I, matter of fact i didn't even know that you this was your first year oh yeah you know what i'm saying with the Champions, You know what I'm saying? The way you, you know, feel and, and, and went about your business, you know what I'm saying? I thought you might have been here a couple of years, so most definitely.
3: I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. It's, you know, I, we, you know, I, as you could tell too, the team before even you got there had a lot of veterans on the team and you just, you watch them and watch how they go about their business and then you, you know, you try to copy them, especially when it works.
2: Hey, Mike, you're still a rookie next season. You're still considered a rookie under the, uh, the rules of the Can-Am League. So that's gotta be nice, doesn't it? hey eh?
3: Uh, it is nice, but, you know, you don't get paid as much. So that's, uh, that's that, a little that's a little tougher, too, just for the league rules. But it's all yeah, good. It's not about it, the money.
2: But it also helps with the roster because you, you have pretty much, you know, you have to stay – you have to have five uh, rookies on your team, of course. And, and of course, we're talking about you playing with the Ottawa champions, Michael Mastroberti, here with us on Around the Diamond uh, on CKDJ1079.
1: How was how to you? You know what I'm saying? As a, As in meaning – you know, it, it was some time, especially towards the end, where you and Bick were going through y'all times. Like, how was how as a manager, you know what I'm saying, to you, how did you think that he managed the team?
2: And a former infielder as well.
1: And a former yeah, infielder. Yeah, I
3: mean, he, I think he managed the team in a great way, man. He he put the best, what he thought was the best lineup on the field every single day, and it obviously worked because we won a championship, won a ring, and he did a phenomenal job. Um, he, uh... You know, when it came to me and Bick, he usually just played the hot hand. So if I was hitting well, playing well, he had me out there. Found a spot in the lineup. Then if that guy was Bick, then Bick was out there as well. But I mean, I think I think we both did a pretty good job and uh, got the job done. And I think Hal handles. to handle those both in a very good
1: way. I agree with you right there, boss.
2: Take me through first game, uh playing second base. Albert Cartwright is uh, he DHs against Team Cuba on that beautiful Sunday afternoon. The, the, you know, the sun is scourging down on you. You're making your your first appearance. You had talked to me in the dugout before the game about, you know, uh you know, how you're from Southern New Hampshire and how you just got picked up and this is your your first ever appearance because I had no clue that you'd went and played the outfield in that game because that was it was a blowout game and uh, no one was really paying attention on that Saturday. So take us through your first ever appearance, playing second base, and getting your first hit against the Cuban national team. It's got to go go down in, in your memories for the rest of your life.
3: Oh, I mean, I'll never forget it, man. It was uh, just doing it against the Cuban national team too was was really cool because they, you know, they've played against some of the best competition in the country. In, I'm sorry, in the world. And I'm gonna watch those guys in the World Baseball Classic as well. And It's the same the same guys right. I played. So. That was a, that was an awesome thrill for me, man. It was a packed stadium too. There's six thousand people there.
1: How how was that Cuban team? Were they pretty good?
2: They
3: were extremely talented, but no. very raw.
2: Um, listen to this. Um, you remember when that uh, Alarcón, the the catcher, kept taking the ball and he was scraping it on his on his cleats? Remember that?
1: Yes. Really?
2: Yeah. That's what yeah, the Cubans were doing. It. And and Seb steps out of the box. He's like, okay, hey, come on, get a new ball." He did it again. Yeah. And Seb looks at him. He's like, "Hey, you got to stop."
1: He would get yeah, the ball. That same guy
3: charged him out with the bat yes. uh, when he went back to Cuba, and he almost murdered somebody, and he got suspended for a year playing uh, playing, uh, playing Cuban baseball. Yeah,
2: Alarcon, I remember him.
3: Yeah, that guy was, was a really guy? good, but he's a lunatic, yes.
2: Big, strong joker. They had yeah, yeah. They, had,
3: they had another guy defect, too, like uh, two weeks after they played us.
2: Oh, yeah, there was a guy, uh, Martinez. The, there was a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid playing left field, and uh, when they got to Rockland, they went to the mall, and he ran away. Yep. Really? Yeah, the Cuban team. Oh yeah, it was pretty fun. You should have seen it. I'm just letting Adron know this. And he of course, said, he
1: said, "Forget it. I'm, I'm staying over here." No, they had
2: a plan. Like, an um, organization picked him up. I think it was the Diamondbacks or something oh, like that okay, signed okay. him. But you know, he was going to defect that way. But uh, listen to this. so when the Cuban national team came to town, it was it was an amazing experience. But we had guards all around the stadium with guns and everything. Really? Yeah. It was like lockdown in there, man. I you should have seen it. Guards all over the all over the concourse. Nobody could leave this place.
1: That reminds me of doggone being in Venezuela and playing over there. I mean, Colombia one year. Yeah, man, we got in a fight with the fans. Man, one of our teammates decided to go in the stands. C Brown? No, it was uh, dang, what was his name? I mean, if I if he was listening, he might listen to this one day. But if he if he knew I didn't remember his name, he would get me. But uh, man, he he went in the stands, dog. In the stands with a baseball, Run bat, test. they start throwing Run rocks. Test. Yeah, <laughs> they were throwing rocks and bottles and all types of stuff. But I ain't never been in nothing that crazy, dog. I thought I was about to die that night. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, man. You hey, know,
2: uh, the Canadian history has has been through that quite a bit. So, um, you you it was a it was an opposite field hit. Your first hit, Michael Masterberti, through your first twenty or fifteen so odd games with the champions, you were going opposite field a lot, and then people started to figure it out and you started to struggle and you're like, you know what, i got go to go the other way or i gotta, I got to pull this ball. So was it Boucher kind of going to you in the cage and helping you a little bit with your swing to kind of change that?
3: Yes, Seb changed my entire approach basically um, to hitting professionally because in college, everybody throws the ball away. and uh, That's true. And, you know, I wanted to be good at hitting that pitch. So when I got the pro ball, uh, the guys throw a little bit harder obviously and when they throw harder, if you're trying to hit the ball the other way, you're going to get beat more often than not.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So he helped me really get my head out, get the bad head out, and really try and drive the baseball instead of just hit it the other way. And that's when I started to get hot again after the All-Star break. Yeah, no, it, it all clicked for me You know, after I was working on that, and uh, I ended up putting it all together, and that's when I, uh, I got hot after the All-Star break.
2: Yeah, you, you had just cut out for a sec, but uh, Michael Masterberti here us on around the diamond, Ottawa champions, uh, shortstop second baseman from uh, uh, last season and you talk about pulling the ball johnny helig in that game against new jersey he threw you a 99 mile an hour fastball inside you took him right down the line scored two runs and got a double how about that
3: that dude that honestly besides my first hit for me that was one of the, the my favorite moments of the year
2: oh yeah i remember the, that guy
3: yeah that guy's a major leaguer throwing 100 miles an hour and i uh you know i ended up
1: one You were proud of that. Take us through that at bat. How about that? Cause you were just talking about learning how to be a professional hitter. You know, you you're facing a professional pitcher, right? A guy major a league, major yes. league, I should say. So tell it. What, what do you remember that at bat?
3: I remember it very, 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 very clearly. I remember I was talking to Albert. <laughs> oh yeah, I, Albert. Yeah. I asked Albert. I go, Albert. How do you how do you hit a guy throwing this hard? And he goes honestly. He goes, you got to try to pull the ball down the line because if you don't have pull timing, you're going to hit the ball. You're either going to miss, or you're going to hit it in the other dugout. So first pitch fastball. I ended up pulling it an inside fastball down the line, and I did exactly what I you know what my plan was before the at bat, um, and I executed it. So I ended up hitting a two run double, and I got to second base, and I couldn't stop smiling. I was trying to be professional about it. <laughs> I, was really, I was really excited about it. But the next the next time I faced him. Him being a professional pitcher, he threw me four straight sliders, and it looked like i never played baseball before I, life,
2: so. I remember that. You were talking <laughs> yeah. about that a lot at the cage. You were like, yo, did you see that double right down the line? And after that, uh, you talk about a major league fastball. I think, uh, what, Albert Cartwright almost got hit in the head about twice.
3: Yeah, the uh, two at-bats later. Yeah, Albert, I was on second base. I'm like, dude, I don't want to see this guy die right now. He throws, he's got those way too hard to be throwing up around there. Not and, that it was on purpose, but.
2: Yeah, and he just got picked up too.
3: He did. He got some of the reds, which yeah. is great for him. I hope I hope I think he's on their 40 man actually. I hope he uh he is. I hope he makes the back to the bigs.
2: I mean, a guy like that, 6 foot 9 that throws that hard. I mean, you have to think that that he would be uh a, you know, he's going to be around for a long time. So, Michael Masterberry is going to join us going into our third segment here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. You're listening to episode 42 of Around the Diamond on this very special New Year's Eve. We'll be back in a few.
3: This is Mike Mastroberti from the Ottawa Champions, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9.
2: Welcome back to episode 42 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find our podcast on iTunes just by typing in Around the Diamond, or you can find me on SoundCloud at Diamond Dante Audio. Follow us on Twitter, at Diamond underscore Dante, or you can follow Adron Chambers, who uh, is to my right at Adron underscore Chambers. Of course, Adron played in the major leagues with the St. Louis Cardinals for three seasons and wants to tell Master Berti a little bit about what he did to his career. We do have this man in the room, Adron Chambers, talking with Michael Master Berti, who, uh, Michael, you told me on the side that. Uh, you had learned a lot from Adron, so of course the man is in the room. So you have the chance to even tell him. So what what did you learn from not even maybe not even Adron, but got veterans on the team that may have helped you? Yeah, what I mean, did
3: learned, you
1: learn from me?
3: What I learned from you, and what I, from you specifically, what I learned is how to slow the baseball game down. Yeah. And I remember we had we had two talks about how you were telling me, you know, listen, Mike, you know, you're, you're a good player and everything like that, but if the game speeds up on you, you're not going to have as much success as you want. So I remember in Quebec, actually, we talked about this in uh, the dugout. It, and uh it was know, mainly I thought,
1: I thought. it was mainly because too, not to interrupt you, even though I want to right now. It was mainly <laughs> but it <laughs> really, though, it's main, exactly, it's mainly because you can see the you can see when players have that it. You know what I'm saying? You can see when players it might not be a real big it like a Bo Jackson or it might be a Tony sm- Cruz or a small it like a Tony no. Cruz. You know joking. what I'm saying? I mean, he he made it to the major leagues. You know what I'm saying? So you got to give the guy credit. You know what I'm saying? I don't you I feel you when you say you can't put him on the level of Stan mutual. I he feel you. He was a
2: backup catcher for God's sake. But Sidron. he
1: made it to the major leagues. How many people can say that they made it to the major leagues? You can. Leagues? I can. Exactly. So this is what I tell you. <laughs> hey, but, continue. But when you're but check, no, you know but he's in
3: that fraternity.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, being that having that that sense right there. You know what I'm saying? Having that sense I'm telling you, man. It, it just it give it. You can see. It helps you see other guys that have the same thing, and you had it, man. And I'm gonna preach it. You know what I'm saying? You got to. You know, I, you got to share that kind of stuff. That's how you gonna make the. T- I mean, I just wasn't for you. I knew if you got a hit that night, that was that was a possibility to help us score a run. You know what I'm saying? So I look at it, I looked at right. I look at it from the big picture. You know, not like Dante. It's, it's like, no, but go it's ahead. like thank you. Yeah, most definitely, man. You're welcome, dog. Again with the compliments. All right. Again with the compliments, Adron. We so a, we need to change this show to the di- from diamond uh what is it? Diamond? Uh around the diamond, diamond. Right. Around the diamond to around the heart. You know what I'm That's saying? Sure. <laughs> man, you got to A D, man. A D <laughs> <man.
3: laughs> hit me right in the field, baby. Hit um, me right in the field. Let's go, baby.
2: Hey, um so so Michael, you, you speak about, you know, some of the veterans on this team and Adron, but Boy, what a season it was for you. You come over from from college uh, after, uh, you know, a team that was struggling. You came over to an Ottawa Champions team that wasn't in a playoff spot, and you make the playoffs. You're down 2-0 to the Rockland Boulders, and you go into game three winning the game by a hair with the bases loaded and then finally winning the championship. I mean, if you could put it even into words, which it's probably hard to do, what could you really say?
3: I mean, it was – our team had no quit. And when we went down 2-0, like, nobody even flinched or blinked. Like, this is a problem at all. Like, mm-hmm. no, nah, we're just going to win three in a row. So, it's like, we're good. We're just going to win three in a row, and that's it. And then we came out, and we won game three. And then we came out, and we won game four. And then once we won game four, we knew we were winning game five. It was just a matter of time till, till it was over. So, and that's what we did. We came out, and we did it. And, uh, you know, the, the leadership on the team really showed through, and um, – you know, a lot of the guys, you know, the guys on the field, the younger guys on the field really followed that leadership um, right to the end. And that's why, uh, you know, we're all wearing uh, rings right now.
1: Well, oh, not yet. God. Not yet. Not yet. But I'm with a- D's you. AD's giving me his ring. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on <laughs> that. I told him if we get to, we got to get to 5,000 interviews, though. Well, at least, at least a 1,000, huh? That's not oh, happening. And I get it to you. You don't think so? <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, or we can add in. We, or How about this? We add in every time we're on the radio. So whether you're in St. Louis one day or, you know what I'm saying, so I'm, I'm in Philly somewhere or even at your house, just record. and if it's recording. If, if it's recorded and we can add up to 1,000 records, I think, that's, that's, we won't be alive you don't think so a thousand <laughs> yeah dude so you don't think the Scully th- you don't think Scully then did a thousand records
2: yeah but you're acting like this show's gonna go a thousand episodes you know how long it would take to a thousand episodes I might Hopefully. not even know you I might be dead you might be dead might
1: be that's why I say we, that if you get there you have a ring, what if I don't ring? have a studio you won't have a ring I mean I guess that's what you're
2: trying <laughs> to say <laughs> Jesus Christ it's that, you're talking <laughs> to do a thousand episodes you're
1: talking like how many years is that Dante, you are a yuck, you, you know what that means? Think about if I, you did one every year, every day for how many years? That's 300. Just, uh, uh, Not every day, man. It's once a week. Once a week. That's why we got to do Now's more. A thousand weeks. That's why you got you ain't getting paid the big bucks yet. That's why. I'm at 19. Exactly. It don't matter how old you are. Age ain't nothing but a number. Remember? You that. didn't get paid till you're 24. It's all good. I got paid before that. I didn't get paid. Nah, man. He, paid. he played big D one. He played D one football. Of course, he, he got. Me. He don't even understand. You don't get paid that. to play D one football. He don't understand it, though. He don't understand it. I got a free scholarship, cuz what you call yeah, that? Man. So what? What that's you mean? That's getting paid? Right there. It's a hundred thousand. That ain't getting paid. Nah. For four years. Yeah. That's... So where is it? I, I I turned I turned it in for a World Series ring. Jesus.
2: Which I take any day. Yeah. You know. All right. Um just just before we wrap things up of course later on in the show we're going to talk with uh, mike monville who played for the rockland boulders and you guys are from southern new hampshire now there was three guys that got signed into the can-am league now i believe riley palmer was one of them before i continue this question is that right yes
3: yes riley was the other guy
2: so it was you mike monville and right field and riley palmer another uh, another infielder that was signed by sussex so rockland sussex and of course, with you in Ottawa, and it had have been nice to to play with all these guys that you'd known for almost your whole life and see them in the same league and you know be friends uh together and play in this league together it must have been nice to, to play with you know a lot of your friends and a lot of guys that you'd known since you were a kid
3: it was awesome man i uh you know Montville actually went to the University of Maryland for four oh, years okay for his fifth year he came to snoo we uh we became fast friends uh you know when he came over, um, monville has been through a lot in his career, just like I have, and he, uh, you know, he really guided me through some of the rougher passions that I went through because he went through them himself. So he, uh, we kind of go, you know, he kind of helped me get through that. Um, funny story about Monville, actually. He, uh, he actually broke up with Double Play one of the games I was playing shortstop, and he spiked me so bad <laughs> that I still got two two spike marks on my shin that will not go away. Memories. Memories, man. Exactly, memories, man. He he loves it. He thinks it's the funniest thing ever, which it is. I think it's awesome. So, um, and then Riley, Riley. Uh, I think he was unfortunately released by Sussex.
2: Yeah, he was. <laughs>
3: but he um, he's a good player, man. He'll find his way back in. He's got he's got a lot of power, and uh, he just needs somebody to give him a chance right now.
2: And and you, you you spoke about you know all your you know the three of you kind of growing together in this league and growing your game together, Michael. Um, I mean, you you must have had some wards, mate, some wars, maybe in the cage, and some fights going back and forth.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I told you about that with Marvel. Me, Marvel used to always argue about swings in the cage, and uh, I pride myself in knowing the game and knowing knowing my swing. He was right every single time, and he actually uh, he helped me get better because I listened to him. And you know, I listen to people who know more than than what I know because that's just smart. You know, I'm trying to get to that level as well. So, you know, listening to Montville uh, and arguing with him in the cage and, you know, learning the real right way on how to hit and how to drive the baseball. And that, uh, you know, he made me uh, part of the hitter that I am today.
2: Well, there you have it. Michael Masterberti joining us here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. Before we go, just quickly, I want to ask you about your family, Uh, your father, Mike Masterberti, which I had the chance to to meet uh, and spend some time with. Uh, over the season, uh, you, of course, your mother as well and your younger brother. I never met your, your other brother, but I met your, your younger brother who just turned 18 uh, when you guys were in Ottawa, uh, if that's yes. right. So, yeah, that must have been nice to celebrate the birthday with him as well and when you guys came over for dinner, which was really nice to have you guys over. Yeah. Uh, tell us tell us about the the family aspect itself because… Uh, your father is just from what I've seen and from meeting him as a, just a tremendous man itself. So how did your family kind of help you and guide you to, on this path that you've kind of begun and playing professional baseball?
3: They, uh, man, my family is everything to me and they, uh, you know, my father shaped the man that I am today. He helped, uh, he helped me grow, um, you know, help me and lead me towards doing the right things and how to work hard and have a good work ethic and not take a no for an answer. Um, you know, a lot of who I am today is because of my father and my mother, my me, obviously my mother too, but me being a man, my father being a man as well, There's just a close connection. But, um, yeah, they're doing great. They're loving Nashville right now. Matthew, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Matthew's applying for colleges. Um, he's looking to go somewhere in DC so we can keep doing his political thing. But, uh, yeah, yep. everybody's doing great. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it.
2: No problem. Hey, listen, nice to have you on the show. It was a real pleasure to, to talk with you about, uh, your career. And of course, um, you you know, Baseball itself, because you have a huge knowledge of the game, and it was really nice to have you on, and also nice to have some Italian content on this show. Jesus Christ! Of
3: course, of course, my paisano, always.
2: That's it, brother. Uh,
1: what, always. What did you just say?
2: My paisano. Uh, it's from the same, It's like country, my countryman in Italian. Oh, I so,
1: yeah. got you. I got you. What but is... we're
2: not from the same town. Is that right? No, we're
1: both we both Sicilian, though, right? No, I'm Calabrian. What the hell?
3: Uh, Come on. You're, Ital- you're not even a real Italian.
1: I'm Whoa! Italian. <laughs> Hey, well, where, where we, where I'm from, we like to say, "Hey, peace out, bro." <laughs>
3: peace out, bro. Hey,
2: listen, Michael. Have a nice day, and thanks for joining us again.
3: I will, man. Thanks for having me. Ad, be good, man. I appreciate uh, talking to you. All
2: right. <laughs> Michael Mastroberti just joined us here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. What a, what a way to end things. Of course, Mastroberti says that I'm not a real Italian. Of course, at least I let him on the show because you know we're both paisan but he's sicilian i'm calabres and a little bit of a mix they don't truly really get along but who cares we all we all we're all the we time we all got the same blood you know and i have to say when i first met master berti i found out he was an italian guy on the team and i said thank god someone someone other than billy horn over here jesus because you know billy horn you know with his mother god bless and and everything like that great people but great to have you know a young kid like Mastrobert you know almost like my age five years older than me but you know same thing and um, of course uh, I want to wish him all the best and hope to see him back in an Ottawa Champions uniform uh, next season because not only was he a good friend to me but just a a really good player a good guy in the clubhouse also a big thanks to uh, Mastroberti's family, Mike Mastroberti, Rosaline, the whole family, La Nonna, you know, the rest, because uh, uh, they actually, just for all the work during the season, just uh, the appreciation, the family gave me a nice $150 gift card to La Bottega in downtown Ottawa. And I actually just used it the other day. I finished it off. I I finished it off, bought some nice little little panino, little you know, and it was uh, really happy, but uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, a great guy. And Mike Mastroberti, and um, loved having him on, and I wish him all the best, of course, and of course to his family as well, and uh, to his nonna and uh, grandparents uh, back in uh, New Jersey, and to his family in Nashville. But we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, Adron Chambers gonna step out. Fortunately, uh, had to go, but we will have him on next week, joining us for our. Final two segments of the show will be Mike Montville from the Rockland Boulders. He'll come on to talk about how he got into professional baseball despite having to get Tommy John surgery twice in his career. Now, folks, Tommy John surgery is one of the worst injuries you can get for your arm, for your shoulder, and he got it twice as an outfielder. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. That's coming up next for our final two segments to finish off the end of the hour here on the very special... New Year's Eve edition of Around the Diamond, episode 42 on CKDJ
1: 107.9. Hey guys, shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rock and Boulders. You're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9.
2: Welcome to episode 42 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Adron Chambers is uh, running a little bit late, so we'll start things off of a with a very special guest on this very special New Year's Eve edition of Around the Diamond. It's Mike Montville, the right fielder for the Rockland Boulders, joining us here on Around the Diamond over the phone. Mike, how you doing today?
0: Uh, I'm doing well. Can't complain. How you doing?
2: Doing excellent, of course. New Year's Eve, so what are your plans for tonight?
0: I'll be honest with you, I might uh, I'm gonna actually keep it pretty low-key tonight, just, you know, my hometown gets a, it's a little crazy, almost more trouble than it's worth for me, so I'll probably, probably take it easy.
2: Do you have any, you know, special, Chris? or sorry, actually, let me ask you about Christmas, how was that, any uh, special occasions that you did with your family, and tell us about uh, having Christmas back at home, must be nice.
0: Yeah, it's nice to get back home, uh, my family's a pretty big party, so. Uh, things things go pretty well there, you know. Get all the old family friends back, um, get all, get everyone back together. It's a good time for sure.
2: Now, of course, Mike, uh, your good friend Michael Masterberti is an Italian. So, did you ever had a chance to go over to the Masterbertis and have a nice Italian meal?
0: Um, we actually didn't. He uh, when I see him, we more see each other when we go back to our old school. When We go back to Southern Hampshire, um, over in Manchester. New Hampshire so I see him the most when I'm over in that area
2: and of course Mike I've heard a lot about you uh, throughout the season so I want to go back to the beginning of your career and I want to go really far back to your days in high school of course Uh, must be six years ago because you're now 24 and you must have graduated when you were 17 18 years old so Mike going back to high school before you went over uh, to the college baseball ranks did you have any offers in high school that maybe would have put you into the minor league system or was it straight going into the college the whole time?
0: Um, it, it's, it's, I had talked to a lot of teams. I probably talked to anywhere from like eight to 10, 12 teams. I mean, just, you know, questionnaires, um, just word of mouth stuff that I, I guess had interest in me, but I would say f- I had four teams come to my high school games. Um, and a lot of people had told me that I, they thought I was going to get drafted. It didn't work out, um, I think – I don't know all the details behind it. Obviously, I don't think anyone really does um, unless unless you're in the offices of those teams. But I think college was the the best route for me at the time. I don't think I was – I think just going to school, maturing a little bit um, was the – for me, I think most teams knew that and knew that even if I had gotten drafted, I probably wasn't going to sign – so I, I think that played a part in it. I think among other reasons as well. But I mean, I talked to teams. It just it was it didn't end up happening. Mike
2: Mike Montville from the Rockland Boulders joining us here on Around the Diamond played for the Boulders in his rookie season uh, last year. Put up 11 home runs, 48 RBIs, and uh, helped his team uh, go to the championship in which uh, they lost to the Ottawa Champions. But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. We're still talking about your high school days. So at that point, when you were uh, you know looking to either go to you know what was it at that point? Southern New Hampshire University. So you you started off at Maryland, is that right?
0: Yeah, I played there for four years. Um, I got an extra year back because I had uh, Tommy John, I had elbow surgery right. as an outfielder. So uh, so I did that for four years, uh, had the chance to graduate and get my um, master's at Southern New Hampshire. I uh, had a school closer to home and, you know, after the injury, I, I wanted to uh, I had to make a, a decision to change. Um, just there's a couple reasons, but a lot of it was based on academics. I got an opportunity I couldn't really pass up. And, you know, a lot of my best friends were leaving, they got drafted or left. And I felt like it was just the right situation for me. Um, no hard feelings. We left Maryland with was, it was a great relationship with everyone there. Um, I just, down the road, it kind of seemed like a little better of an option for me Rock uh, for, that, for that last year
2: absolutely Rockland Boulder's outfielder Mike Montville joining us here on Around the Diamond now you went over to the University of Maryland so what could so you were talking about getting your degree and and everything like that so what is the main thing that you learned there enough to eventually say to yourself that you wanted to transfer over to Southern New Hampshire and better your baseball career
0: Um, I think it was the uncertainty of playing professional baseball especially after that first surgery I realized that you know, I was a history major at Maryland. I, I had fun doing it, but I, it wasn't what I wanted to do in my life. Um, and I realized that there there was there was going to need to be um, possibly a different route for me um, if things didn't work out baseball wise. So I had to I had to just kind of take that into consideration. It was an opportunity to get my parents to make it easier to watch me when I was um, you know for my last year there. So it was it just kind of worked out well in that case.
2: Now, of course, you eventually transferred over to Southern New Hampshire University, where you played um, with a few players in this league that's playing the Can-Am League: Michael Mastroberti, John Brucker, and yourself uh, had crossed paths together on that team. Was there anyone else that you had played with in this league that went to Southern New Hampshire, or is it just the three? Uh,
0: um, well, Brucker was Master's best friend growing up. Um, I know that, so. My uh, our old our pitching coach that year had had some spent some time in the Can-Am League. Um, our another one of our or two of our other coaches had spent time in the Can-Am League a while back. Um, so there were some ties there. They 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 kind of knew the deal and knew how it was Um, so it's it's cool to have those conversations with the you know the coaches that used to play.
2: Mike Monville from the Rockland Boulders inside the Can-Am League, joining us here on Around the Diamond now, uh, Mike. You eventually got signed by Rockland out of Southern New Hampshire University. You ended up playing 87 games uh, last season for the Boulders, uh, which is more than a lot of other rookies that do come out of, of college. Of course, with Bertie and John Brucker, they got signed midseason when, of course, uh, teams were looking for a middle infielder or a little bit of depth when some other players didn't work out and got released. But for you, you got signed at the beginning of the season. So how did you end up? Of course, you talked about your ties with the Can-Am League going back to your time at Southern New Hampshire. But how did you end up getting uh, in contact with the boulders, and how did that kind of come apart? Taking taking me back, or take, let's let's go back all the way to last winter when eventually you got signed.
0: Um, well, my manager Jamie and uh, my agent Jim Muncy, um, they actually used to work. they they used to work together, um, and my the guy I work with here, I work with the Travel Baseball Program. He used to coach with my manager. And uh, my coaches at Southern New Hampshire knew Jamie as well. So I think it was kind of like, hey, they all kind of like, hey, look, we got a guy. Um, You know, at that point, I was rehabbing from a shoulder injury, which, to be honest, I didn't know if I was ever going to play baseball again because it was really bad. Um, So that was my second surgery I had after Southern New Hampshire. And I went, um, you know, he gave me a shot at camp. I played well. um, And from there, I was just... You know, I was a year out of college, um, getting back into baseball again. So it was, it, was, it was a good opportunity for me. You know, obviously everyone wants to play affiliated ball, but um, it was just a really good start for me, and I knew I had to go in and compete right away, um, which was interesting considering I hadn't played in a year. Um, but it was, uh, I, you know, once I, I had struggled early, but once I, I kind of found my groove and got comfortable again, things started to go, go much better for me.
2: Now, one thing that you've mentioned over the course of this interview is your, your injury. You keep talking about getting Tommy John. Now, of course, the listeners are probably thinking, how could an outfielder get Tommy John surgery? Now, what can you tell us about getting that surgery and what it was like for your career and your mind mentally and how it ended up happening early in your life, of course?
0: Well, I've actually had two. So in 2013, I got um, wow. Tommy John when I was at Maryland. Um, just threw a ball and it just kind of went. So I was rehabbing my senior year. That kind of led into my decision to leave as well as part of it. And then at the end of my season at Southern New Hampshire, I um, dove into a base, dislocated my shoulder, completely tore my labrum. Um, so now I had to get surgery. It was right before the draft that year, actually. It was a really bad time. It was, I mean, was a pretty, pretty difficult time um, in my life. And then I had, So I have six anchors in my shoulder. So I was rehabbing through that, but I, I think I realized it makes you more grateful for the game. So when I got to Rockland, I was just so happy to be there. I was I was grateful to be back playing. I was you know, grateful to be getting a paycheck to play. It was just it was, just, it was kinda surreal. Um, even though for some guys that might not be the best situation. For me it was a great situation. Um, so I tried to try to take advantage of that every day. Um, and I think it, it. I think it just makes you appreciate things. It makes you made me understand my body better, which helped you know help me play more games and knowing to back off, knowing to give a little more. And um, I think that's the big thing I took throughout the season and after all the rehabs and, and surgeries.
2: And of course, as you mentioned, a very tough time in your life because. Um, it- a lot of players get one Tommy John surgery, but of course you had two in in different uh, times uh, in your life while you were playing baseball. And as you mentioned before, you know, when you got over to Rockland, you uh, were, were very happy to be there. So how do you prepare yourself in the off season going into the next season or even during the season, knowing that it might happen again, or do you try not to think about it at all?
0: Um, I just try to listen to my body a little more. of trying to push through everything, you know what I mean? I, I think, I think a lot of people could use a little more pushing, but for me, it was uh, a little more of me just backing away um, from things. You know, and in, in it was a, my lifting is not about how much weight I can put in a bar anymore. It's about how well I can do something and, and stay in good positions. And it's about you know keeping keeping mobile and and making th- honestly, the end of it comes down to it. It's quality over quantity for me. I'm and- um, just making sure I'm doing things right.
2: And Mike, of course, as a right fielder, everybody knows a right fielder has to have you know, a cannon of an arm and a guy that is able to throw from right field to third base on someone that's going first to third or even throw home. So when you pick up that ball in right field and you got to throw a cannon to home plate or even to second base, you never know, in any type of situation, what are you thinking in your head knowing about your past injuries?
0: Uh, I thought a lot about it early in the season. I think anyone on my team, anyone that knows me as a player knew that it was it, – because it hurt. It was in the back of my mind. Um, I I wasn't feeling good. I had to relearn how to throw because the surgery was so bad. Uh, wow. Because the, the injury was so bad. So I wasn't very good with that at the beginning of the year. And I, I'll be the first person to admit it. Um, but I worked with the guys in Rockland. They were great. You know, they helped me out mid-middle of the season. Um, just had to start letting some balls loose a little bit. We went early, did a lot of early, did some early work, working on throwing, just just kind of working through some things. You know, it it was tough at first. Um, it was a little bit stressful at first, but it, but once we worked through it, I ended up starting to make some better throws. I started to understand what felt good, what didn't. Um, but you know, once you get in that game situation, you got to be able to perform um so after all that work you know i started to feel a lot better by the end and started to get some arm strength back and started to get my mechanics cleaned up a little bit so i'm still working on it right now it's it's been a long process but i think this year i'm going to feel a lot better than i did last year uh throwing wise for sure know, a lot of people say it almost takes two years to feel better from a shoulder throwing shoulder injury so that's the goal
2: Mike Monville will rejoin us going into our final segment of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. Also, if you're listening on iTunes or on my SoundCloud, you're going to want to stay tuned because he's going to tell you a little bit more about his Tommy John surgery that he had. We're going to talk a little bit more about his season with the Rockland Boulders and the aspect of fielding when you do have that Tommy John surgery on your shoulder and how he kind of played around that. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. It's coming up next. After this break on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9.
0: Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9.
2: Rockland Boulders outfielder Mike Montville here with us on Around the Diamond. We're talking about uh, getting Tommy John surgery not just once but twice uh, in your career, Mike. Now, I look back at your fielding stats from last year. Of course, uh, three uh, outfield assists, I believe, only one error. So you had a very good fielding percentage and were uh, a very good defensive outfielder even from when I watched you when you came down to Ottawa uh, in the, the couple games that you had played against us, even in the championship. You had played some really good outfield. Now, of course, did you feel that your outfield assists had went down or did you have a lot more chances than what the stats have to say? Because I'm just trying to pick your brain on, you know, th- your throwing mechanics and throwing from right field to third base. So did you feel your outfield assists went down or did you have that many chances?
0: Um, I, it's kind of a hard co- It's it, Thinking about it, I mean, I had some chances, but, you know, I, I think the thing that I had to learn that, that – um, that I learned from Jamie is, is like, you, you got to understand when you have a play and when you don't. You know, old me probably would have just started firing balls all over the diamond. And, you know, even when I first got there, um, I, I was still had to, like, take it down a notch. You know, it's, hey, look, if they get a hit and, and there's not a play, just get it into the next base. Limit the base. Let them take their run. Let them take the extra base if they, if they earned it, you know. Um, and so I, I kind of started to – pick and choose my battles of throwing a little bit better. because you, know, you know, the guys it's starting to get a feel for when you know guys say a guy's gonna score, it's borderline, like if you think he's gonna score and the situation calls for it, just get into the next base. You know, obviously there's gonna be times with the do or die situation and you gotta you gotta cut that run down, But I think it's more about getting to the ball quickly and and making sure you limit damage as opposed to save every single extra base and run, which might lead to more extra bases if it's not executed. So that's kind of what I kind of what I learned. So I, I don't really feel like I had a ton of opportunities to throw guys out. So, uh, hopefully next year when I do get those opportunities, I feel a little more confident making, I'm making a better throw though.
2: And you're right about that. I can look one back at one big example. Of course, of course, it was game two against the Ottawa champions. Uh, you guys were up by one. Daniel Bick was at first base. Adron Chambers hit a, a line drive down the right field line. Bick was going first to home on the hit and you actually decided to throw it into the cutoff, man. I believe it was Pat McKenna who ended up throwing it to home plate and you got Daniel Bick at the plate. So it seems as though what you're saying uh, in the last question that I asked you worked out in that situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, at that point, it was just about me getting the ball into into the infield as quick as possible. And we had such good infielders. You know, you trust the guys in there. Um, wasn't a throw that I can make all the way. So I just... Had to get there as fast as I can, get into his get him into a good position so he could make a play, and that's exactly what happened.
2: Mike Montville of the Rockland Boulders joining us here on Around the Diamond. A couple of your teammates that have joined me on this show: Junior Arroyo and Pat McKenna, your second baseman and shortstop uh, from last season. Of course, McKenna, a veteran, uh, has I believe 27 years old, played in AAA with the Padres, and Junior Rojo, a guy who has played in the Frontier League, uh, and uh, with the Rockland Boulders, a guy who's only been an independent ball but has a very talented player, can steal bases, can hit. Now, just from watching Junior Royal, whether it was him making defensive plays when you were in right field or whether it was watching him from the dugout while he was at the plate hitting second or leadoff or even third, what did you learn from Junior's game and what kind of player is he when you played with him this year with the Rockland Boulders?
0: Um, I think... I think what I learned a lot from Junior, among other guys, is um, their their like passion for the game even at, at that age. You know, not that they're old, but um, they're, it's almost more of like a fearless thing. Like Junior wasn't afraid to take chances, and that's why he was so good at stealing bases. That's why he was such a good hitter. And and he he didn't he felt like he was the best player on the field. He wouldn't say it, but you know, you 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 watch him play, and yeah. and he felt good about what he did, and and. You know, I I think he Jr. is a really good teammate, Um, and you start to learn more about guys. So it's when you're with them for a whole year. So you you know how to what to say to guys. You start to have a better feel for it. Um, And and Jr. was always a really good teammate, and that's something that I try to pride myself in as well. Uh, See a guy like that who was always who was still playing, was older, and and you know treated everyone. With respect, I thought that was I thought that was awesome.
2: Now, of course, we move over uh, towards the end of the Rockland Boulders season, where you guys had taken down the Quebec Capitals. Now, I want to go back to that seri- series. You guys were down two zero to the Capitals, which was uh, a very uh, offensive showcased series in which uh, there was games 15-13 to and uh, 8-7 to at the end of it and I believe even higher. And there was times where the Quebec was up by six runs and you guys ended up hitting a grand slam and winning the ball game and eventually walked it off with a home run, I believe it was, uh, in the fifth game to take down the Capitals. So that series, in your first ever playoff experience, when you guys were down 2-0, what were you guys thinking in the locker room?
0: I mean... It, it, at the end of the day, we really had nothing to lose, um, and I think that you know the the, the Ottawa team is going to say the same thing when you when you're down two zero. There's not a lot of pressure, um, you know. Yeah, there's the fresh season ending, but you, you just got to take it one game at a time. There's no there's no way to look ahead because you know if you lose, you're done um so you're just kind of doing whatever you can to play another day and I I think that um there's a lot to be said about that you know you don't you focus you're a little more focused you're not throwing anything away um you know because one mistake can be the end of your season and I think I think that's kind of what happened then you start to gain a little confidence with one win or and it moves to the next one so I, I i just think when you got nothing to lose it's a little easier to be better
2: and you're right about that because you know of course the ottawa champions did that when they were down 2-0 in a best of 5 series and ended up coming back uh, against Uh, You guys the Rockland boulders Mike Montville from the Rockland boulders joining us here on around the diamond and we're at that part pretty much the the end of our uh, Segment with you and we're talking about uh, when the Ottawa champions came back against your team in the Rockland boulders Now you guys went up 2-0, of course It's always nice to go back into your home ballpark knowing that all you have to do is win one more ball game To take down the Ottawa champions after you had won the first two at home in Ottawa so when you went back home in your mind, were you saying to yourself, you know what, we can't take our foot off the pet- off the pedal because we did the exact same thing in the round before to the Capitals?
0: I don't think anyone took their foot off the pedal. Um, you know, you feel pretty good when you're up by five runs in the fifth at your home field. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we kept playing the same way. It's just... I don't remember exactly what happened that game, but, um, you know, it's not like we... Left the front because we. I mean, you I don't remember what that. Ended. It was, <laughs> we had yeah. We we had a lot of. We came back and then you know it was just like a it was a dogfight and and I I've talked to guys. I there the two games threes the one where it was a high scoring game on you know, both with Quebec and with Ottawa. You know those were two of the most. I I want to say like tiring mentally games at like by the end not during it but at the end of it. You know, you, it was legit. I've never felt like a base. I hate using the word dogfight as a baseball game, but that's what it felt like. It was just back and forth at the time, and it was fun. It was cool. Um, you know, and then the next two games didn't go our way either. But I think it was kind of weird. It was like a deja vu in the, op- the but the, for the opposite way. With game three against Ottawa, as it well was Quebec, you know, we were in opposite situations, except for that against Quebec, we were at home. So, you know, we still felt good even after that game. Even after game four, felt fine. You know, that's just baseball for you. It's just you, anything can happen on any given day, and that's why you got to take it one game at a time.
2: You're right about that. As Mike Montville joins us here on Around the Diamond, played for the Rockland Boulders last season uh, and played against with the Rockland Boulders against the Ottawa champions in the Can-Am League finals in which the champions won it uh, last season in 2016. Of course, you look at that game. It was a 13-12 to 12 game. You guys ended up coming back. But when you look back at the series itself, it's a series that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. So despite losing against the Ottawa champions, you could go back and say, you know what, I don't get a ring, but you know what? It was probably one of the craziest baseball games that I ever had a part of that you could pass down that story through, you know, whether it's your friends or your cousins or your family and say, you know what? I had the chance to play in one of the craziest baseball games in my young career at this point.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think, I think the whole playoff experience was really cool for me Um, because, you know, I played a ton of playoff games in high school. Didn't play many in college, Um, played in, played in the super regional, but, and that was awesome but this one um i don't know just seeing like a five game set and in all these games i and and you know i was in the playoffs you know the best come out of people and and i felt like i played some of my best baseball in the playoffs and i think a lot it did a lot for me as a player personally and it's obviously great stories great memories you you never you're not never satisfied unless you win but uh, I feel like developmentally, for me, it was it was a really, really good 10 games. Um, just you know, because that, that's 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 great baseball. You're not going to see a whole lot better baseball, and uh, the things that happened were really cool. But I think it, I think it went a long way for me as a player as well.
2: And a little bit more preparation for you going into next season, Mike. Thanks for joining us. And before we go, maybe what are you up to this off season? Uh, do you have any jobs on the sign preparing you for the 2017 Can-Am League season?
0: Yeah, I uh, I work with baseball players all the time up here I, or down here for you in in uh, Massachusetts. Um, so I'm just getting my body ready, start getting my baseball stuff ready here soon, and you know trying to help uh, the younger kids get for their high school and college seasons and their middle school seasons. And so you know it's good to be always around the game and and uh, just hearing what their thought processes are. And so you're always staying in. You know, you're always mentally staying in it, which is cool. So it's a good gig.
2: Well, there you have it. Mike Montville, right fielder for the Rockland Boulders, joining us here on Around the Diamond. Thank you so much for the time. And we look forward to uh, seeing you around the ballpark next season. And, of course, keep improving your game. And best of luck with uh, uh, your shoulder, of course. And we'll see a new improved Mike Montville next season. Thanks for joining us.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
2: That was Rockland Boulder's outfielder, Mike Montville joining us here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, and that pretty much spells the end of it. We want to thank Michael Mastroberti for joining us to start off the show. We want to thank our co-host, Adron Chambers, before he had to step out. And we also want to thank Mike Montville. And uh, these are two guys that both had some pretty bad uh, shoulder surgery and some injuries along their path and now have made it to professional baseball. And it was really nice to have both of those uh, very young players and exciting players, to say the least, join us here on Around the Diamond as Mike Montville uh, will most likely be with the Boulders next season and as well as Michael Mastroberti next week. We will bring on a very special guest. You're going to want to stay tuned for that, but the only way you can do that is if you t- uh, check me out on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante or our co-host Adron Chambers. Adron underscore Chambers on Twitter. Or uh, Sorry, I should say back on Twitter. Chambers uh, did play in the Major Leagues for three seasons. Uh, he has a few Twitter accounts, but the one that he uses is the one with the Chicago Cubs uh, cap. We thank you so much for listening, of course, on either if it's on iTunes, on CKDJ, the radio station 107.9 on the FM dial, or on our SoundCloud. You can check me out on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante uh, to see who's coming on future episodes, more talk about the Ottawa champions, and you've been listening to episode 42 of Around the Diamond and New Year's Eve. Have a happy new year. We will see you in 2017, folks.